Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Well, good day to you all and welcome to September 16th. We're on day 259 of our journey through the Bible this year. Today, we're going to be reading from Ezekiel chapters 40 and 41. We're going to jump over to Psalms and read Psalm 128. And then we're going to finish off today's reading with Revelations chapter 21. So let's get right into it with Ezekiel chapter 40. Oh, I almost started reading 41. Let's go to chapter 40. Do, 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 do. Just wasting time here, looking for my chapter. I found it, Ezekiel chapter 40. Sorry about that. On April 28th, during the 25th year of our captivity, 14 years after the fall of Jerusalem, the Lord took hold of me. In a vision from God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. From there I could see toward the south what appeared to be a city. As he brought me nearer, I saw a man whose face shone like bronze standing beside a gateway entrance. He was holding in his hand a linen measuring cord and a measuring rod. He said to me, Son of man, watch and listen. Pay close attention to everything I show you. You have been brought here so I can show you many things. Then you will return to the people of Israel and tell them everything you have seen. I could see a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The man took a measuring rod that was ten and a half feet long and measured the wall, and the wall was ten and a half feet thick and ten and a half feet high. Then he went over to the, west, the eastern gateway. He climbed the steps and measured the threshold of the gateway. It was ten and a half feet from front to back. There were guard alcoves on each side built into the gateway passage. Each of these alcoves was ten and a half feet square, with a distance between them of eight and three-quarter feet along the passage wall. The gateway's inner threshold, which led to the entry room at the inner end of the gateway passage, was ten and a half feet front to back. He also measured the entry room of the gateway. It was fourteen feet across, with supporting columns three and a half feet thick. This entry room was at the inner end of the gateway structure facing toward the temple. There were three guard alcoves on, either, on each side of the gateway passage. Each had the same measurements, and the dividing walls separating them were also identical. The man measured the gateway entrance, which was 17 and a half feet wide at the opening and 22 and three quarters feet wide in the gateway passage. In front of each of the guard alcoves was a 21-inch curb. The alcoves themselves were ten and a half feet on each side. Then he measured the entire width of the gateway, measuring the distance between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. The, this distance was forty-three and three-quarters feet. He measured the dividing walls all along the inside of the gateway up to the entry room of the gateway. This distance was 105 feet. The full length of the gateway passage was 87 and one-half feet from one end to the other. There were recessed windows that narrowed inward through the walls of the guard alcoves and their dividing walls. There were also windows in the entry room. The surfaces of the dividing walls were decorated with carved palm trees. 
Then the man brought me through the gateway into the outer courtyard of the temple. A stone pavement ran along the walls of the courtyard, and thirty rooms were built against the walls, opening onto the pavement. This pavement flanked the gates and extended out from the walls into the courtyard the same distance as the gateway entrance. This was the lower pavement. Then the man measured across the temple's outer courtyard between the outer and inner gateways. The distance was 175 feet. The man measured the gateway on the north, just like the one on the east. Here, too, there were three guard alcoves on each side, with dividing walls and an entry room. All the measurements matched those of the east gateway. The gateway passage was 87.5 feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. The windows, the entry room, and the palm tree decorations were identical to those in the east gateway. There were seven steps leading up to the gateway entrance, and the entry room was at the inner end of the gateway passage. Here on the north side, just as on the east, there was another gateway leading to the temple's inner courtyard directly opposite this outer gateway. The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. Then the man took me around to the south gateway and measured its various parts, and they were exactly the same as in the others. It had windows along the walls as the others did, and there was an entry room where the gateway passage opened into the outer courtyard, and like the others, the gateway passage was 87.5 feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. This gateway also had a stairway of seven steps leading up to it, and an entry room at the inner end, and palm tree decorations along the dividing walls. And here again, directly opposite the outer gateway, was another gateway that led into the inner courtyard. The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. Then the man took me to the south gateway leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room were the same size as those in the others. It also had windows along its walls and in the entry room. And like the others, the gateway passage was 87.5 feet long and 43 and 3 quarters feet wide. The entry rooms of the gateways leading into the inner courtyard were 14 feet across and 43 and 3 quarters feet wide. The entry room to the south gateway faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me to the east gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard, alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room were the same size as those of the others, and there were windows along the walls and in the entry room. The gateway passage measured 87.5 feet long and 43 and 3 quarters feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me around to the north gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. The guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room of this gateway had the same measurements as in the others, and the same window arrangements. The gateway passage made, measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard and it had palm tree decorations on the columns. There were eight steps leading to its entrances. A door led from the entry room of one of the inner gateways into a side room where the meat for the sacrifices was washed. On each side of this entry room were two tables where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. Outside the entry room, on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance, were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside, where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. 
There were also four tables of finished stone for preparation of the burnt offerings, each 31 and a half inches square and 21 inches high. On these tables were placed the butchering knives and other implements for slaughtering the sacrificial animals. There were hooks, each three inches long, fastened all around the foyer walls. The sacrificial meat was laid on the tables. Inside the inner courtyard were two rooms, one beside the north gateway facing south and the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, The room beside the north inner gate is for the priests who supervise the temple maintenance. The room beside the south inner gate is for the priests in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok, for they alone of all the Levites may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard, and it was a square, 175 feet wide and 175 feet across. The altar stood in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the entry room of the temple. He measured the walls on either side of the opening to the entry room, and they were eight and three quarters feet thick. The entrance itself was twenty-four and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance were an additional five and a quarter feet long. The entry room was 35 feet wide and 21 feet deep. There were 10 steps leading up to it with a column on each side. Ezekiel chapter 41 After that, the man brought me into the sanctuary of the temple. He measured the walls on either side of its doorway, and they were 10 and a half feet thick. The doorway was 17 and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of it were eight and three quarter feet long. The sanctuary itself was 70 feet long and 35 feet wide. Then he went beyond the sanctuary into the inner room. He measured the walls on either side of its entrance, and they were three and a half feet thick. The entrance was 10 and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance were 12 and a quarter feet long. The inner room of the sanctuary was 35 feet long and 35 feet wide. This, he told me, is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple, and it was ten and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall. Each room was seven feet wide. These side rooms were built in three levels, one above the other, with 30 rooms on each level. The supports for these side rooms rested on exterior ledges on the temple wall. They did not extend into the wall. Each level was wider than the one below it, corresponding to the narrowing of the temple wall as it rose higher. A stairway led up from the bottom level through the middle level to the top level. I saw that the temple was built on a terrace which provided a foundation for the side rooms. This terrace was ten and a half feet high. The outer wall of the temple's side rooms was eight and three quarter feet thick. This left an open area between these side rooms and the row of rooms along the outer wall of the inner courtyard. This open area was 35 feet wide and it went all the way around the temple. Two doors opened from the side rooms into the terrace yard which was eight and three quarter feet wide. One door faced north and the other south. A large building stood on the west facing, facing the temple courtyard. It was 122 and a half feet wide and 157 and a half feet long and its walls were eight and three quarters feet thick. Then the man measured the temple, and it was 175 feet long. The courtyard around the temple, including its walls, was an additional 175 feet in length. The inner courtyard to the east of the temple was also 175 feet wide. The building to the west, including its two walls, was also 175 feet wide.
The sanctuary, the inner room, and the entry room of the temple were all paneled with wood, as were the frames of the recessed windows. The inner walls of the temple were paneled with wood above and below the windows. The space above the door leading into the inner room and its walls inside and out were also paneled. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim, each with two faces, and there was a carving of a palm tree between each of the cherubim. One face, that of a man, looking toward the palm tree on one side, the other face, that of a young lion, looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were carved all along the inside of the temple, from the floor to the top of the walls, including the outer wall of the sanctuary. There were square columns at the entrance to the sanctuary, and the ones at the entrance of the most holy place were similar. There was an altar made of wood, five and a quarter feet high and three and a half feet across. Its corners, base, and sides were all made of wood. This, the man told me, is the table that stands in the Lord's presence. Both the sanctuary and the most holy place had double doorways, each with two swinging doors. The doors leading into the sanctuary were decorated with carved cherubim and palm trees, just as on the walls, and there was a wooden roof at the front of the entry room to the temple. On both sides of the entry room were recessed windows decorated with carved palm trees. The side rooms along the outside wall also had roofs. The Book of Psalms, Chapter 128 This is a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow His ways! You will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be! Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear Him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. The Book of Revelations, Chapter 21 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children." But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. 
It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystals. The city wall was broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was square." as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each of 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with twelve precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory." Its gates will never be closed at the end of day because there is no night there, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. Revelations chapter 24 verse or sorry chapter 21 verse 4 says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I came across the following devotional written by Pastor Gerald Osterveen as he reflects on the day his nine-year-old son Gerard was buried after a courageous 39-month battle with cancer. Parents are not supposed to bury their children. The old are not supposed to stand beside the graves of the young. It is unnatural. One is not prepared for it. The death of a child tears apart a family like the uprooting of one plant out of a cluster that have been allowed to grow together in one pot. It cannot be easily done. All those roots become so intertwined over the years that nothing short of violence can separate them. And it ultimately leaves all the plants stunted. In the end, God will always be victorious. Satan may rampage through the world and through the souls of people with God's inscrutable permission and cause indescribable disaster and anguish. When he is finished, however, and arrogantly boasts to God, Look what I've done! God will silence him with his majestic, And now look what I can do. Then Satan will shamefacedly slink into the corners of his hell while God goes about his work of redemption and restoration. Oh yes, we mourn, but we have hope, bright hope for tomorrow, when all who trust in Jesus 
as Savior will move beyond pain and grief forever because we shall be forever with the Lord. And it is not just some pipe dream, some opium to stupefy and mislead hurting people. It is real because Christ is real, because in our past is a blood-stained cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Because of that bloody, pain-filled past, we have hope when all things are made new and death shall be no more, nor grief, nor crying. In a little cemetery in a small, out-of-the-way town, there is a tiny marker. It bears only three lines. 1961 to 1970, Gerard Richard Oosterveen, at home with Jesus. Of the three lines, the last line is the only one that really matters. The last line sums up a glorious, endless future, an adventure that for my son has only just begun. Even if he remembers his life on earth, I am sure his joy has wiped away any recollection of pain. Thank you, Pastor Osterveen, for that beautiful reflection. And thank you, my friends, for joining me again here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.